0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of the Yankees magazine podcast is brought to you by the MLB app. Yankees baseball is always live with the MLB app. Follow the action with game tracking and video highlights along with up to the moment stats, standings, breaking news and more download the MLB app today. It's your number one app for Yankees baseball. Hello, hello, and Welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast. We are still at home. We are still doing this over the phone, but I'm pretty excited to have with me right now the editor-in-chief of Yankees Magazine, Al Sam Hey, everybody. How's it going? And of course, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makoworski. Hi there. Hey, Nate. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor. Still at home, still making the best of this, guys. You know, I mean, I feel like it's uh, every time we finish an episode. Deep down, I kind of hope that, two weeks from now, things might be a little different. But no matter what you're hearing, no matter what you're seeing, no matter what you think is going on right now, the fact is there's still no actual news. We're still kind of speculating here. So it's business as usual, or the new business as usual, I guess, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, the people behind the scenes are working diligently to try and get things back on track here. And uh, we'll see where it goes. You know, everybody's uh... Definitely trying to remain patient, but uh, it's hard, especially as it's starting to get nice outside. It's hard not to think about what it would be like to be at at Yankee Stadium these days.
0: You know, Al, we were just talking about your son, who's a travel baseball star. Nate, (laughs) we have sons that are about the same age. It's just, it's such a bummer not have, I mean, obviously Major League Baseball, for a lot of reasons, I want Major League Baseball, not least because it's our job. But like, I was so excited for you Know my kids' little league season this year and things like that. It, it, and you know, we try to have catches in the backyard and all that stuff, but it's just, I was really looking forward. I thought this was going to be a big year for him. He's eight, it, it, it's such a bummer.
2: I agree. I agree. Um, you, you know, we're in the similar situation with you know, in particular with uh, with baseball and a little differently, and that you know, our son is uh, now in his third year of travel baseball and the 12 year old. Year, I guess, is is the big one, and you can't you can't be twelve again. Um, but you know what I, my attitude is is similar to what I said a couple of weeks ago. Is it's two things. Um, one is everything is going to come back eventually, and it might be different than it was, but at the same time, there's going to be great things ahead, not only for our children but for us. And I, you know, the unpredictability aspect of how great and to what extent, obviously, is is some kind of a, an emotion that you have to manage these days. And it's an emotion that we never had to manage before. But great things are ahead. I don't know when and I don't know what they are, but they are. And secondly, I've kind of gotten into the mode of you just have to salvage whatever we can out of 2020 and not have expectations that are too high because that just leads to disappointment when things are canceled and things are continually pushed back. You know, salvage what you can, get everything you can out of it, and hope for bigger and better things in, in 2021 and, and beyond. But obviously as a, you know longtime employee of the Yankees, you know, my hope is that there that there will be a season and there will be a an opportunity for Uh, these great players on our team to play, you know, whether it's 81, 82 games, whatever it is, and for fans to enjoy it at some level, even if it's only on TV. And and I I am hopeful and optimistic that that's still going to be the case.
0: I'll tell you one thing. When you talk about salvaging, this is not something I expected to enjoy. And look, if there are games, if there are games with no fans, it's way too early to speculate. You know, no matter what you're reading, I mean, everything's changing every day, it seems. But uh, this past weekend, I was watching some of the Bundesliga games, German soccer. And of course, look, no one wants games in empty stadiums, but one thing I found so interesting watching these games is because there are no fans, you're hearing just all the stuff on the field in a different way. And it reminds me another terrible circumstance that obviously you never want to replicate, but there was that game a few years ago in Baltimore with no fans because of the riots and unrest going on in the city, and I remember watching that game on TV and hearing players calling for the ball and and you know communication on the field. And and I'm curious what kind of stuff we might learn and see if we do get to watch, you know, a bunch of games just in total silence almost. And and again, that's not the ideal. That's not what I'm looking forward to. But you talk about salvaging. That was like a weird thing as I sat down to watch Bundesliga soccer, which I can promise you I've watched very few times in my life. But I, I found myself really fascinated just listening to it as opposed to almost watching it.
1: Yeah, I remember watching that that game in Baltimore a few years back, too, and I, I was very intrigued by it. I remember, like, putting on the headphones and cranking up the volume so you could kind of hear the players chattering to each other in the dugout and stuff. And yeah, I wonder what uh, if guys will have to start sort of uh, editing themselves if they're playing in empty stadiums because they realize that uh, we're going to be hearing everything they're saying down there.
0: Well, the flip side is what you hear from the NFL. And for some reason, I don't know why, you know, Joe Buck took some heat for this when he was talking about piping in crowd noise. I think that not only is that a great idea, but it's definitely going to happen. I mean, watching football on television, watching all sports on television, it's not just a visual experience, you know, it's a full sensory experience. And I think it's important to try to rebuild that. So, you know, as much as I'm excited about this weird experience of games in silence, I do think that novelty is going to wear off. And you want to hear some of this stuff. I, I, I was watching a couple of days ago a live streamed concert and they did a really interesting thing that the the musicians were playing in an empty room obviously but they had screens all over that had fans on zoom mm. and so they were kind of like you know the fans were like holding up signs and things like that and they were cheering after every song and things like that and when i started it sounded very silly and then you watched it and when you're on stage it's not just the experience of performing your songs. you're feeding off a crowd in some way. And I wonder for the players themselves, from a emotional and physical sense almost, what you need to do to create that atmosphere in your mind that this is a real game, that this isn't a scrimmage, that this isn't early spring training inter-squad game. I, I-, I think that that stuff is gonna happen. but we'll cross these bridges when we get to them. Obviously, as we said, it, it, it does us no good to speculate on what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. Not only do we not know anything more than our listeners know right now, but even if we did know, it, it, it would change tomorrow. So no reason to do that. So what I thought we could do on this episode is two things. First off, I want to have a quick conversation just about a, a project we're working on. But the second thing I want to do is... We've mentioned this a few times. This is the 40th anniversary of Yankees magazine. We had plans for interesting things we were going to be doing all year long to celebrate the 40 years since May 1980 when the magazine launched. But one thing that we did just put online is a photo essay of the last decade or so, looking at some really great shots that we were able to put together. And we're going to hope to keep doing stuff like that over the course of the season. So so that's something to look forward to this episode. Before we do that, though, I just want to check in for one minute. You know, I I hope that anyone who's listening to this has also been listening to the Deep to Left with Bucky Dent podcast. Al, you and I have been really involved with each of those episodes. We just recorded the seventh episode, but if you go online right now, you can find the first six at yankees.com slash podcast or any place where you get podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Pocket Casts or Overcast or Apple Podcasts, anything like that. Um, Episode six was a outstanding conversation with Andy Pettit that was hilarious and emotional and all these all these things but I gotta say if you've been a fan it, or if you're about to just discover it for the first time the one coming out next week is, is the perfect episode of this it's Bucky and Ron Guidry just telling stories for about two hours which I have to find a way to edit down at some point but Al you know what <laughs> how much fun was that conversation
2: I'm still enjoying it. (laughs) It was great. I mean, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've done some, some stories with Gator and I know that he's a good talker and I've known for a while that he's a, he's a great storyteller, but I did not know he was as passionate as a story of a storyteller uh, as I learned yesterday. They were incredible stories that he told uh, some that I had, I had heard bits and pieces of and and many that I had not heard at all to Kind of give our listeners an idea of of just how invested in this conversation they both were. There were times where Ron and Bucky were both laughing so hard and so much out loud that uh, it sounded like at, at one point they couldn't breathe. It was fantastic. I mean, it was really really good. Uh, some of the anecdotes were absolutely inc- incredible.
0: You know, Al, you have the benefit of, like you said, having spoken a lot to Gidry. I've never done anything one on one with him. Yeah, you know, I, I found myself just listening to this, and I couldn't even pay attention to it from a professional or editing standpoint because I was just too engaged in the conversation they were having. We when we started this thing at the beginning of the year, we did not expect the world to break as it has, and for us all to be, you know, in our separate spaces. I, I mean, our 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 plan was for every episode, in a sense, to feel like this, and it makes me really excited for the next couple because um, we're gonna we're gonna keep on the same vein. I hope, but man. I I just can't say enough. If if you're not listening to that podcast yet, I I hope you start because it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I know everyone I speak to about it is just laughing and and, and, and repeating to me some of the funny stories. Just wait until you hear about Ron Guidry going to pick up Mickey Rivers from his apartment and promising him that he would pitch in a manner That he would never have to worry about a ball coming to him, but he had to come to the stadium and stand in center field as a decoy. I mean, it's just this stuff is amazing.
2: It it really is. The stories about about Mickey Rivers, the story about Thurman Munson, the stories about Yogi, of course, are, you you know, almost... um, impossible to believe, but he tells you these stories in a manner where you can't not believe them. And they're, they're epic. I mean, they're just, they're epic stories. If you're a Yankees fan, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a sports fan, uh, certainly that, that last episode was one in which two members of, uh, of these legendary teams literally brought you inside the clubhouses of those teams and inside the the chemistry of those teams. And I, it, it was incredible. It was a really, really fun two hours. And I can't wait to actually listen to it again.
0: So that episode is going to drop on Tuesday, May twenty sixth. Like I said, right now, the most recent episode that is currently live is the Andy Pettit episode, which is also just Outstanding, But please do us a favor, head over to yankees.com slash podcast or anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, review us on iTunes. That stuff really, really helps. We're trying to keep this stuff going. We're trying to give you baseball content even when not much is happening. But we've had fun doing this, and I think that uh, if you listen, you'll have fun with it, too. So check that out. We're going to take a super quick break. When we return, we will start our look back at the last decade of Yankees magazine as part of our 40th anniversary celebration of this great magazine. So stick with us. Hi, this is George You are listening to the Yankees Magazine podcast. Deep to left. Yastrzemski will not get its home run. A three-run home run for Buffy and the Yankees now lead by a score of three to two.
2: Hey folks, it's Bucky Dent. I'm proud to be part of a new podcast on Yankees Magazine Podcast Network called Deep the Left with Bucky Dent. Every other Tuesday, we'll bring you a new episode chatting about great moments from Yankee history with some of my best friends from a career in the game. We'll look at what's happening with the current team, share some memories, and no surprise, we'll even discuss a little homer I hit one credible day in Fenway Park. Download Deep the Left with Bucky Dent at yankees.com slash podcast
0: or at the podcast app of your choice. Can't wait to speak with you soon. This episode is also brought to you by MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand with MLB.tv. Your subscription also includes the MLB app Premium, allowing you to stream live baseball with your favorite supported devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Welcome back, and I I have to say, it feels a little strange for me as the least tenured member of Yankees Magazine to be introducing this, but long before I worked for Yankees Magazine, I recognized what an industry leader it is, and it's pretty special to be you know, part of this year, even if it's not the celebration we had planned, it's a big milestone to reach 40 years for this magazine, especially at a time when the industry is hurting so much. At the same time, every industry is hurting. Nate, Al, you guys have been here longer than, than I have. Al, you've certainly been here the longest of all of us. Before we get into this photo essay we want to talk about, just what does this anniversary mean to you? It means the
2: world to me. I have uh, been here for 17 of the 40 years. That's hard to believe in one in one vein, Yankees Magazine could barely drink when you started. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I always, you know, am, am, am mindful of how old Yankees Magazine is because I am one year older than Yankees Magazine. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I was there for the, the celebration of the the 30th anniversary. I'm now here for the celebration of the 40th anniversary. And and really, you know, I can say confidently, and this is not a, a comment where where I mean to brag or anything like that but based on the resources that we've we've had based on the the editors that I've been able to hire you know we've been able to make this magazine better by far in my opinion than it's ever been over the last 10 years and so i i was proud of the 30th anniversary but i'm much more proud of the 40th because of what we've done over the last 10 years and and that's not Something where I'm just, you know, touting, oh man, we've done such good work or whatever. No, 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 we really have. If you look at the just the photo essay that we put out celebrating the last ten years, you can see clearly that our our editors and and the people who write the stories in this magazine have brought our fans far deeper into the lives. Of the players that they love of the players that they root for of the players that they're interested in than any time before the last 10 years uh in terms of yankees magazine history and if and and john like what you said as far as yankees magazine being an industry leader it really and truly is there there are no other team publications that go as deep that show their players in the in a special light the way that we do and frankly There's not a a lot of publications outside of team publications that do that on a regular basis the way that we do. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago. In a lot of ways, that is absolutely a tribute to my supervisor, Lon Trost, our our chief operating officer, for giving us the resources. Of course, our president, Randy Levine, um, the Steinbrenner family, and our photographers. So I'm grateful to you guys. And um, I, I love going through the different stories that we've all put together because that is
1: still uh, the most fun part of the job for me. It's it's really an honor. It's a special magazine and it's a special team to be a part of. And, uh, you know, it it means a lot to a lot of people. You know, I'm usually uh, the one who gets the emails and letters from readers. And, um, you know, I I know how much people enjoy what we do. And um, even beyond the readers and, and our subscribers and our fans who are, are, are chief in, in our minds when we're putting this together. But I know it means a lot to the players, too. You know, I, I know I, I've seen countless examples of guys who uh, try and be cool about it. But uh, it means a lot to players when they see themselves on, on the cover of Yankees magazine. That kind of provides even more uh inspiration for us to to do what we do and and do it as well as we do.
0: So what I think is very interesting about this feature, which is currently on yankees.com slash magazine, it's called From Every Angle. I don't want to keep putting my thumb on the scale too much here, but we talked about the fact that these are the last 10 years. And the last 10 years, Al, like you referenced and like I've mentioned, you know, those have been probably the hardest years in the magazine industry. But look at what we've done here. I mean, (laughs) we are in Bermuda, we are in West Point, Kalamazoo, Louisiana, Cooperstown, Houston, um, Brooklyn, <laughs> uh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Houston, Boston, Arizona, Dominican Republic, Toronto, Baltimore. I mean, you know, and I, I'm just kind of rolling down the list here. But y- you could enjoy looking at these images. And I hope you will because they're very good photos. But there are stories behind every single one of these. And I almost like that. There's going to be plenty of time when we talk about the stories and and we'll do a little bit of it right now, but I kind of liked it as you scroll through this thing. You don't exactly know what this picture at the White House is. You don't exactly know why Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are sitting next to the World Series trophy. You don't exactly know what in the world is going on in Wade Boggs room of deer heads. That is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know it's it, it because a lot of this is just visual we we spend a lot of words and a lot of, i especially spend a lot of words telling stories but sometimes it's just about looking at this and not knowing exactly what's happening but just kind of like taking it in visually the stories we tell
2: yeah i think when you when you look at these photos the first thing you know, it's a real indication of the type of talented photographers that we have. You know, in-house, we have Ariel Hecht and Barry Schneiderman, two tremendous photographers. I mean, great photo editors. And we have team photographers, Jim Petruzzello and Ron Antonelli, who are also real, you know, leaders in what they do in terms of portrait photography and atmospheric photography. And, you know, so you look at these photos and you realize how, <laughs> how lucky we are to have a group of photographers who provide us with these beautiful images for every single magazine. You know, and, and to your point, John, yeah, the, you know, the, the industry isn't covering people uh, in the same fashion where they're traveling to you know, hometowns of, of people that, that are from you know, different places in the world and different places in the country. Certainly not as consistently as we have. And again, I'm grateful for the resources we have to be able to do that. Going through this, it's so much fun to just look at all the places we've been. You guys know that when you go on a trip to you know, do a story with a player, that I will come out to your desk. I will find you as soon as you get back because I want to hear the, the backstory. <laughs> and if I've been somewhere, I'm probably going to be standing at your desk excited to tell you the backstory. And that's what's fun about kind of going through these photos, it's an opportunity to kind of relive some of these great memories. And and they really were great. But they've also made the magazine great every single month.
0: For me, there's a balance in what we do, obviously, because we are the team. So one thing that I think about a lot when I when I look over our stuff, go through our archives is official White House photographers, who on the one hand, they're tasked with taking great images and telling stories, but they're also creating an archive of what has happened over the course of the, any given presidency and one example that i I really love from this photo essay is there's a shot of Aaron Boone in his office writing a lineup card now again we didn't we intentionally didn't put captions here but the the backstory of this is that's his first game as a manager and I was in Toronto with Barry schneiderman and we were sitting there trying to figure out ways to tell the story of his first game and let me assure you there's no other ph- photographer who's in that room as he's finishing that lineup card right there, because it wasn't just about we need to get a great shot for the magazine. It was this realization that like, we need to document this for Yankees history. So sure, we could talk about the 80th anniversary of Yankees magazine or whatever. But more realistically, it's so that when someone is just going through the archives 40 years from now to look at some moment in Yankees history, someone recorded Aaron Boone signing his first lineup card. And I think that's a really special thing that we have and that we're able to use.
1: Yeah, there's there's a nice mix in here of shots that sort of record you know moments in time the one that uh i think it was even on the cover of uh the yearbook last year was you know after mo recorded his 602nd career save to set the new major league record him standing out there on the mound by himself i just i love that shot so there's stuff like that and then there's just other things that outside the ballpark that nobody else is is gonna have al i know one that you were on that like I, i just i've spent a lot of time gazing at as well is the one of uh of Joe Torre on the Brooklyn Bridge. What was sort of the, the backstory to that one and, and how meaningful is that photo to you?
2: It's an important photo to me, Nate. It's, it's one of the most important for me because it's one of the most important stories I've ever written. I spent a day with our Hall of Fame manager in his hometown of Brooklyn, went back to the home that he grew up in. Um, and it wasn't just like going back to a house where where a former player or manager grew up in and had some normal like memories of their childhood you know Joe Joe Torrey's childhood was very unique it, it in a lot of ways it shaped his life and in a lot of ways the adversity that he dealt as a uh, dealt with as a child and unfortunately being in an abusive home with an abusive father really shaped his life and and his experiences. He talked about it a lot. He created a foundation about raising awareness for abuse and preventing abuse. I don't know that he had ever talked about what went on in that house while being back in that house. And at least that's what he said to me that day. So it was an emotional morning with him and and two of his sisters uh, who at the time owned the house. It was a fascinating story to write. It was a fascinating transcript to put together, I'll say. And then, you know, on a kind of a lighter note, we had this idea that I kind of came up with at some point along the way of bringing him out onto the Brooklyn Bridge. When you think about Brooklyn, I think the Brooklyn Bridge is kind of an iconic place or, or whatever in Brooklyn. And I wanted to bring him out onto the bridge uh, for our photographer, Jim to to shoot what ended up being the opening spread photo for the story. And I remember at the time, a couple days before I talked to Joe and he was like, I, you know, I haven't walked up to the Brooklyn Bridge in a long time. Um, And I had never done it to that point. So one of his questions was how many steps is it to the top of the Brooklyn Bridge? And I remember thinking, God, I have no idea how many steps it is. But I went out the day before and walked up to the top of the Brooklyn Bridge and literally counted the steps. Of course, I don't remember off the top of my head <laughs> how many steps it, it is to the top, but I texted him and said, this is how many steps it, it is, and he wrote back, okay, I can handle it, and that was it. And so, on this beautiful day, we climbed to the top of the Brooklyn Bridge, or or to the Brooklyn Bridge, and... It was like four or five o'clock at that point. There were a lot of people walking back from Manhattan. In the background, you can see the Freedom Tower being built, basically. Um, and we, we spent a couple, I don't know, more than a couple minutes up there and, and kind of reminisced and, and talked. And Joe just kind of leaning on the railing for these photos uh, was was pretty incredible and, uh, and, and an un- unforgettable memory and truly one of my favorite photos uh, we've ever published. It also... Embodies everything that you talked about, John, and that you talked about, Nathan, and that it's a photo that truly nobody else has.
0: Yeah, you know, kind of like Masir Tanaka eating sushi in Baltimore or Bucky Dent maybe on the field at Fenway Park. But also, it, it's Alex Rodriguez with his daughters walking through the clubhouse on his last day. I, I assume people know this. Photographers aren't allowed in there. And it's very special that we got the chance to do that. And partly that's because, again, like I said, our role as the official photographers, partly it's because we'd spent a lot of time building trust with Alex to the point that he would let us around his family. He's very private. I mean, you know, with with his family and things like that. And obviously it hasn't always been easy for him with the media, but that's just a remarkable image of him kind of walking through that clubhouse for the last time, holding his daughter's hands. And and these things are just so special. I mean, it's, I know for me, Al, you know, you, you touched on this. I'm always very proud, obviously, of the stories I write and the things. Usually, I'm proud. I, I hope I'm proud of the stories you I write and, and the things I get to tell. But when I look back at those photos fo- those iconic photos, I get to play a small role in creating. That's the stuff that, frankly, especially with the attention spans right now, that's going to last longer. And, and sometimes it's going to be, you know, a truly iconic thing like the three perfect game pitchers in Yankees history sitting together. And other times it's a goofball idea you had to get James Paxton on. A sheet of ice, cutting a hole, ice fishing, praying to God that you don't somehow hurt this guy who hasn't yet pitched a game for the Yankees, you know, and it turns into perfect sunset or reflection on the ice and just this incredible shot I'll never forget in a moment. I'll never forget of just being out there with this guy I had met the day before and building a relationship that I know I have used in subsequent stories. John,
2: you touched on a a couple of things that I was just thinking as as I was looking through this photo essay, as we as we record this, and um, I do take great pride in having any role in the creation of these photos. I am not a photographer. Our photographers, like I said, are so talented and come up with ideas greater than the ones that I could ever come up with. But you know, thinking up a, an idea of bringing Joe Torre out to the to the Brooklyn Bridge, or you know, setting up a dinner with the three men who've pitched perfect games in Yankees history. Those are things that I'll always be proud of and they are always really, really special to me. And and a couple other ones that, one I want to mention that I had absolutely nothing to do with, but is one of my absolute favorite photos that we've ever published and one of the favorite photos I've ever seen is a photo of Andy Pettit during his final game the last game he ever pitched in his in his legendary and lengthy career it so happened that the game was back in houston in his hometown it so happened that he pitched a complete game in his last game it so happened that he struggled as he told us on the bucky dent podcast a couple weeks ago he struggled in the seventh and eighth and ninth inning. I think he pulled a muscle or something like that. And he was really gutting it out. He was really just kind of going through what he knew was the final innings of a, of a, of a career of playing baseball. And I'm not sure how she did it, but Arielle Hecht, our, our photographer, was in the clubhouse, or, or I should say in the entranceway to the clubhouse, and kind of had this glimpse of, of Andy sitting on a chair literally with his with his head looking down into his hands and just kind of like, I don't know what he was doing, reflecting on his whole career or just kind of somehow mustering up the courage and the, and the energy to go out and, and pitch one more inning. It was literally before the final inning of his career. Talk about a, a unique moment. It, it doesn't get more unique than that. It doesn't get more special than that. So, Um, That's an idea I had nothing to do with, but boy, do I love looking at that photo and thinking about what that photo represents.
1: Yeah, you know, this photo essay is, it's online now and uh, I'm sure we'll, you know, publish it in in our upcoming publications kind of to be determined when exactly it comes out in print. But when I look through this, I imagine what, you know, a longtime subscriber of Yankees Magazine, how much they must enjoy looking at this because I'm sure they remember a lot of these stories, you know, and that accompanied these photos. And John, you know, you mentioned the the credit to the players, like Alex Rodriguez, for example, for, you know, allowing us kind of into his inner sanctum. And uh, I I think that's a lot of these photos I'm looking at. uh, That's the case, you know, if it weren't for guys like Bernie Williams and Jorge Posada, allowing us to, to, you know, accompany them down to their childhood homes or uh, so many examples of just players kind of opening up to us, allowing us to to tag along and, and get an insider's kind of glimpse into their lives, uh, really makes these photos unique and,
0: and memorable. That's really the takeaway for me. I hope it is for everybody. I think that this is a very special time. We have more time than we want right now. And as a result, it's easy you know, to be frustrated and scared and anxious about a lot what's going on. But it gives you time to to, to pause and, and and look back and and see the kind of stuff that I know I I feel very fortunate to have been a part of, but I also feel very fortunate to play a role in you know helping tell these stories, and I think that's what we're doing. I think this is the first in what will hopefully when we start playing baseball be a long series of stuff like this where we get to look back. But Al, I want to echo something you said earlier. This is three guys having this conversation. It's a much bigger team that makes this stuff happen. And certainly, I mean, our staff, so you, Nate, me, but also Gary Phillips and Jake Ringstrifles and Ari and Barry and, and Jim and Ron, but also the excellent media relations team that we have who, who helps us make these things happen. Jason Zillow all the way down through his team, a lot of these players agents who are very protective of their guys and their time, especially in the off season, but know that they can trust us and know that we'll work with them to, to tell these stories in a good light and get the players to, to, to let us do some pretty awesome things. There's just a lot of people who make these things happen. Um, our designers, our you know printers, everything like that. It, it, it's a big job. It's a big magazine and it has been for the past 40 years. Let's hope it is for the next 40 years, but I, th- I think we can leave it there right now. You know, Nate, Al, this has been a pretty special look back right now. And obviously, I I hope that pretty soon we start making new memories on the baseball field. But in the meantime, while we wait, this is a pretty special piece to have on our website right now, just to give you a sense of really what it is that we're missing and what it is we're trying to get back. And I know I speak for myself. I can't wait till we are back. Nate, Al, I'd really like to spend some time with you guys again. You know, to say nothing of someday spend time with... 50,000 Yankees fans in a game against the Red Sox but I imagine the time for that will come but you know guys thank thank, thanks for taking the time to do this today and thanks for chatting
1: likewise John you know it's uh we've been kind of uh making it happen here remotely and and you know we're in constant contact working on stuff but uh it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when we're just uh you know a, a short throw away and uh can just you know work side by side so I'm looking forward to that as well yeah, I look
2: forward to it as well. Look forward to being back at Yankee Stadium with you guys. You know, also look forward to uh, planning some stuff out, maybe over, over a drink or over a meal sometime, because that that's something that I miss too. And look forward to that, and I'm confident we'll be doing that again very soon.
0: In the meantime, everyone, please make sure, like we said, that you head to yankees.com slash podcast or anywhere you go. Please subscribe to this podcast, but definitely also subscribe to Deep to Left with Bucky Dent we're incredibly proud of it and it's a lot of fun and we think you'll enjoy it also keep following us on twitter at yanks magazine we're gonna have some new stuff we're throwing up we're gonna have some old stuff we're putting up there a lot of stuff to look forward to as we hopefully start moving toward baseball coming back again any questions you have for us any ideas you have for us podcast at yankees.com send us an email and we'll hear from you there as we've said in previous episodes, we are currently on hiatus from actually printing while we wait for baseball to return. But that doesn't mean you can't subscribe or purchase back issues at yankees.com publications. If you subscribe right now, you will get the next eight issues. So you don't have to worry about, you know, when the season will start. It's a full subscription you'll be getting. Guys, that's another one in the books. As I said at the beginning. Maybe next time we do this, we have a little more information, but either way, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and we will speak to you soon. Have a good one, everybody.
2: Hi, this is Tyler Wade. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much, and go Yankees.
0: The MLB Ballpark app will complete your next visit to Yankee Stadium. Buy and manage game tickets, redeem special check-in offers, access exclusive content, and much more. Download the MLB Ballpark app today.